Colin, what's up? Uh, so let's get the couch. I got a, I got a case. You want a case? All right. All right. So the pH is six four. The patient has a massive pulmonary embolism. No, okay. This is a real case that I saw recently, and I'll be honest, what I would have really appreciated was actually to have you there while I was managing the case. That yeah. would have made my life a lot easier. Yeah, I'm sorry. We'll just do it in retrospect. So I have a 35-year-old woman. Okay. She is G7P6, and she's coming in with vaginal bleeding. We get a little bit of information in advance. EMS does call ahead and say, listen, she's about 15 or 16 weeks pregnant, and she's got some bleeding. I'm like, okay. So she rolls in. And I'm not gonna give you, I'm not gonna make you do the med student or the resident thing. I'm gonna give you the initial. I look at her and she looks like shit. She looks terrible, right? It's the Scott Weingart LOS scale, looks like shit. She's pale. She vomits once in triage. And the triage nurse, I thought she was gonna pass out, but no, she just vomited. And I'm like, I don't like either of those things. And so she rolls back and you get vitals. She's tacky about 138. Her pressure is 105 over 80. She's not hypoxemic. She's got no fever, and her respiratory rate's okay, probably like 18 to 20. Initial thoughts on that case as they're rolling it. How soon does my shift end, and can the next doc take this? You're on a 12-hour overnight, <laughs> and you just walked in five minutes ago. Okay. And when did the bleeding start? Sorry. So she said she woke up, and she like took a nap, woke up, and felt a little bit wet, went to the bathroom. And then she noticed more bleeding. So it's been going on for maybe 45 minutes or so. Okay. And she's passing like clots. It's like a legit bleeding. Legit bleeding. Legit she says bleeding. clots, maybe some tissue, Okay, uh, but quite a bit of bleeding, okay. she says. And she's about 16 weeks, you said. About, about 16 weeks. So she had okay. an ultrasound and she's somewhere in that range. Okay. So presumably she had an IUP. She has probably miscarried. So this is like a postpartum, post miscarriage or abortion hemorrhage is what's happening here. Yeah. And, and no trauma as far as we know. It's like an important thing that the fact that she can tell us I had an ultrasound. Yeah. And they told me everything was fine. Yeah. I've got a topic kind of off my list. Yeah. It doesn't really change what I'm going to do right away, but it, it moves that off my list. Yeah. And, and it moves into that. We call it postpartum hemorrhage, but this is post-abortion hemorrhage. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's, it's the same management. Yeah, it's, hem it's hemorrhagic shock. So first we're going to address the hemorrhagic shock portion. And then I think there are a few things that we would do that are very specific to the pregnant patient who's bleeding. General recess. Okay, yeah. yeah. She's already got two lines yeah. because your nurses are rock stars. Yeah. You already got oxygen on her, all that kind of stuff. Right off the bat, blood, fluids, neither. Blood. So I want blood sent up quickly. I'm, I may not wait for the whole type and cross situation. So I may just ask for the O-neg to be sent up quickly. All right. So we're yeah. going to get blood right away. If you are fortunate enough to work in a place where there's blood in your department. Yeah. Yeah. Most of us don't. So we got to go and get that blood. So we're going to get those first couple of units of blood. Yeah. How important, and that sounds silly, is she's bleeding. Don't need to look, but how important is the exam here? In the absence of any trauma where I'm not suspecting like a lacer like a vaginal laceration or anything like that, I don't the only other thing I can think of that where a pelvic might be helpful is if there's like products of conception that are right at the os that I can maybe grab. And if that's what the source of this bleeding is, then that might help stop the bleeding. I still have to resuscitate the patient, but that's the scenario where, you know, in the back of my mind, if I can get rid of the thing that's bleeding, that might be helpful. I think that's a critical point because I think we talk a lot about how 
a lot of patients that we were doing pelvic exams on in the emergency department probably didn't need pelvic exams yeah. and we should probably cut those out. This is not that place. Yeah. We need yeah. to look because you're right, there might be products there. And also it's making the diagnosis. You know, people say, how do I know it's postpartum hemorrhage? And there's the OB literature has numbers. If it's more than 500 cc's of bleeding, right? But we all know what's the estimated blood loss on any delivery? Zero, right? Two cc's of bleeding. I'm like, come on, people, it's not two cc's. We got to look. And yeah. I don't know what I tell my residents is if you look and you're like, that's more blood than there should be. Yeah. That's postpartum hemorrhage. That's it. Yeah. That's more blood than I would expect after a delivery. That's postpartum hemorrhage. Yeah. That's enough for me to call it. So yeah. I, I need at least to take the look. And you're right. If you find products, that's yeah. your cure. Yeah. You're going to fix that patient a lot faster than anything else we're going to do. Exactly. All right. So you've got uh, two large bore IVs. You've got two units of blood that's cranking into this person. When do you decide, I want to activate a massive transfusion? And listen, this is real. Let's make it real life. Not like we're sitting here on the couch because the other day I activated a massive transfusion that wasn't necessary. I'm still answering emails about why I activated a massive transfusion that wasn't necessary. Yeah. And I've responded to all of those emails with an emoji of my middle finger. So I, by the way, Haney, I don't have a job. Yeah, H H HR is calling for you now. Yeah, but I don't want to activate it if I don't have to. Yeah. So when do you make that call and say, I'm, I'm pulling the trigger? Yeah, so I think after a couple of units, I would say it. And again, like we're, this is driven by the patient's hemodynamics. They're, there isn't even a hemoglobin that I am worried about because we know that in that acute blood loss, the hemoglobin is not even reflective of how much they've lost. So I would say, you know, if I'm thinking about a couple of units, which just based on her heart rate and her blood pressure, I know she's going to need more than that. I would go ahead and activate and then worry about the emails later. I would rather answer emails as to why I falsely activated an MTP than to answer emails as to why I let a, a relatively healthy patient die in my emergency department. Yeah, I think those are some of the important parts because if you have a woman who's got pregnant, there's already a certain level in general of health. Yeah. Baseline. And so the, before they fall off the cliff, it's going to be a long time. Yes. Right? They're going to be like fine and then they're going to be dead. Yeah. And yeah, so we gave her the two units. And she didn't respond that much. Her heart rate was still like 130. Yeah. Uh, her pressure was still on the soft side. So we went ahead and activated massive transfusion. While we're hanging those two units, what else should I be doing? What are my priorities? Yes, gyne. I want gyne. Oh, yes. <laughs> I would like gyne. Fortunately, we're in a place with gyne and OB in-house. So that yes. was, I, honestly, I think as I'm running into the room, I'm like, how far does this yes. telephone cord stretch? Yes, yes, exactly. So can I call while I'm in the room? Yeah. So we put in the call to OB and they're like, We'll be right down. Yeah. They were actually great about it. Not, yeah. Give me a hemoglobin first. Or it was like, no, we'll be right down. Fine. Yeah. So they're on their way. So then that's, then you start thinking about how am I going to stop the bleeding? So I'm replenishing the products and now I need to do something to try to stop bleeding. And so that's when then the, all the, the meds we learn about when we're doing our OB uh, rotations as medical students. And then we never think about those medications again until this scenario. And so that's where I'm thinking about things like uh, oxytocin. So like Pitocin, I want to hang that. And if that's not in the emergency, I don't even know if I have that in my Pixis. That may need to come from pharmacy. So I want to do that relatively quickly to help firm up the uterus and stop the bleeding. Right. So this kind of comes to the causes, right? Yeah. So uterine tone is the number one cause yeah. of hemorrhage here. So we want to, again, like you said, firm it up. So give those uterotonic medications. Yep. Pitocin or oxytocin is the yep. first one we're always going yeah. for. Yep. There are three others, Tarlin. If you get all three, Haney has said that you can have George Willis's honorarium. Oh. <laughs> no, he's still back there. Yeah. So if you get three out of three, because the Pitocin is like the one that we all remember, 
And funny enough, ROB actually told us, oh, under 20 weeks, Pitocin doesn't do anything. And I'm like, I gave it anyway. <laughs> it's like, what? Okay. We're going to give it. But... Pitocin. We've got methogen. All right. Methyl or George, you got to be shaking now. Yeah. <laughs> methogen. And you can give that IM or you can give that PO. So if you don't have the IM formulation, which works very fast, like within a couple of minutes, you can give it PO and that works within five to 15 minutes. So that works really fast too if you're like in an under-resourced place. TXA. Which okay. is part of my Wait, I'm adding FPP. that now. Now we have four more that you needed because uh -huh. you got you got the well, methogen and you got TXA. And There's two TXA. more. And so TXA is not a uterotonic. No, the woman trial told us that maybe it works, maybe it helps. People go back and forth. My OBs like using TXA, so we get it fine. I'm blanking. So I always confuse the trade names and the actual names yeah. for these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like Hemabate and Carbopros, but I don't remember if those were the same one or not. Oh, yeah. And then Methogen, Hemabate, Carbopros, Pitocin, Side Attack. attack. The Misoprostol. Yeah. So, so George, <laughs> you can keep your money. Sorry. <laughs> you can buy me coffee. You can buy me coffee with that honorarium. <laughs> so we, we remember our medications. And I remember we look them up on our phone while we're there. Yeah. Are you giving like the oxytocin and then let's wait 10 minutes and see how it works and then giving the next one? How are you giving those meds? Oh, good God, no. I, I feel like I would probably, I, I'm probably not going to have access to all of them immediately, but I'm, this is like a kitchen, I feel like this is a kitchen sink moment. I'm, I want to give everything as much, you know, as quickly as and possible. That's what my OB said too. Yeah, back to yeah. a bunch of different OBs. I like, just give them all. Yeah. And I'm like, but what if like, you don't know which one works? She's like, I don't care. <laughs> Did it work? Did that's it all work? I care yeah, stop. So I'm like, she's like, that's what we do upstairs. So just give all of them. So we did. Yeah, we gave good. all of those medications. Yeah. And he's on our way. I, you know, one thing that we didn't talk about is what if you don't have OB in-house? Because we know, I don't know, how many of you guys have OB in-house 24 hours a day? Not many. Not, yeah. How about like 12 hours a day? Okay, not that great. Yeah. I and mean, we know OB coverage is getting less and less around the country. Yeah. I don't have an OB in-house. Yeah. Who, who is anyone else I should call? Or this is just like get the patient out of here to the receiving hospital. You need a, a possible cutting doctor. So a cutting doctor. So you not know, an ophthalmologist. I mean, if everything fails, I, I'm going to need a surgeon. So a surgeon would be helpful in this scenario. And, and I think that's what, that, sometimes we lose that piece. Yeah. Like the surgeons cut. We know that. It's cut. And they can do this too. And the reason we want a surgeon involved, because I can give all the beds. Yeah. I can do the resuscitation. Yeah. I can even look and see if there are products and remove those products. I can't go to the OR. I can't do a hysterectomy, which some of these patients end up needing a hysterectomy. Yeah. But a surgeon can. A general surgeon can do now they, they might not want to do one, but they can. And the more rural the surgeon, yeah. the more likely they're like, yeah, I'll cut anything. No problem. <laughs> and, and, it's, and it's honestly, it is true. Like working in like a, in an academic center like we yes. do, the surgeons are actually, I only do left sides of colons. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't do the right side. General surgeon in the field, they're like, yeah, what needs cutting? Yeah. Like, I'll cut. You I'll want your it. toenails? Yeah. Yeah. I got that I'll too. No yeah. problem. They're awesome. So you need <laughs> awesome. a real general surgeon. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know, you guys who work in more rural settings, you're more likely to have a real general surgeon than we are. Yeah. Haney, this isn't going to general surgeons, is it? They're not going to see this. The American College no, of Surgery. Is, no, they're not, not going to like perish yeah. no. <laughs> You want a real surgeon. And the rural surgeons are real surgeons. They're like, I'll cut that. I think that's a call, right? Yeah. If I don't have OB, I'm calling my general surgeon. I'm like, I need you. Yeah. And they are much more willing to help in those situations yeah. because they're like, you don't have anybody else. So yeah, I guess I'll come in. Yeah. So we're getting a, a surgeon coming in. 
We've given our blood, we've activated our massive transfusion, you've given your medications. OB tells you, hey, by the way, I'm actually dealing with a postpartum hemorrhage right now, so it's actually gonna be a little while before I get down there. Mm -hmm. So what else can I do? The patient is still bleeding. I've given all the meds. I've, I'm given blood, yeah. but as I'm giving the blood, it's pouring out. Yeah, yeah. And so this is where you can try to, to tamponade it somehow, right? Which yeah, I can throw a Foley catheter up there and blow the balloon up. A really giant Foley yeah. catheter, but similar. Not the Foley catheter being giant. Similar. But the balloon being giant. The balloon gi being giant. Yeah, similar concept. I haven't personally ever had to do this. Thank God. I've also always worked somewhere where I have OB access. But yeah, you can do balloon tamponade in that scenario. And if you, I don't even know where I would get that. To be honest with you, I would have to probably get it from our OB upstairs and then. The, the, the device is a Bakri balloon. I don't know if any of you guys have used this or seen it. Um, and if you have OB in-house, there is a Bakri balloon in your hospital. Yeah. But it is probably not in your emergency department, which is actually okay by me. Yeah. Because when I call OB and I'm like, hey, I got a postpartum hemorrhage. Can you go ahead and bring that Bakri balloon down? And they're like, yeah, of course. It's more important in the hospital where you don't have OB yeah. to have a Bakri balloon in your ED because there's no one to call and say, can you yeah. bring it down? It's just, I need it here. Yeah. So that's what we've done in our hospital where we don't have OB. We have Bakri balloons in the ED. In the hospital where we do have OB, they have them upstairs. Yeah. That's totally yeah. fine. And in a pinch, if you happen to work out a place that has a condom, you can put a condom on the end of a Foley catheter, okay. put that into the uterus and blow the condom up. Yeah. You got to put like a rubber band on to yeah. attach the condom, but it actually is the same. It's big enough. That'll work. Medical MacGyver. Yeah. Med yeah. Yeah. To have condoms. Like, yeah, it's got, yeah. I don't know. Don't always have condoms lying around, but it's a possibility. And yeah. this can be like a life-saving device. If you don't, if you see enough deliveries and you don't have a Bakri balloon, you should. And again, we're not just talking about postpartum hemorrhage, it's post-abortion too. And I'll, yeah. I'll say that most of the cases I've had are post-abortion hemorrhage, yeah. not postpartum. Well, yeah, absolutely. So th that's, I think, mm -hmm. the extent of what we can do. And, and don't think you can do this with a Foley catheter. I actually had a patient come from a clinic, post-abortion hemorrhage, and they're like, oh, we put a, we put a Foley catheter in, it's tamping out into bleeding. And I'm like, no, it doesn't work that way. And we took the Foley catheter out and it's just like the patient was hiding 1,500 cc's of blood in their uterus that just poured out. Yeah. You can't use a Foley catheter for this. But no. I think that kind of runs us through. I don't know. These are dangerous diagnoses. Yeah. They're scary. Yeah. Right? We just finished with lateral canthotomy. Like yeah. this is another one where we don't see it a lot. We get scared by it. But honestly, it's bread and butter stuff yeah. for what we do. So give blood up front. Yep. Transfuse. Activate your massive transfusion protocol. Yep. Remember your medications, and Charlie and I were talking about this offstage. This patient that I had, we did all this stuff, and then our nurse manager came in and goes, so you have that cart in the back that has all the meds? I'm like, the what now? She's like, that purple cart. That purple cart, open the top drawer. We open the top drawer. Oxytocin, methogen, Pitocin, Cytotec. That's There's amazing. a little cart, it's like, this one's in the fridge. Go get that one from the fridge. Here's your TXA. That's amazing. So we have a yeah. cart for this. So you might have one. And if you don't, what I would say is, if you have a neonatal cart, the top drawer should be a postpartum hemorrhage yeah, cart. That's huge. right. So put your Bakri balloon in there, yeah. put those medications, and you're ready to rock and you don't have to remember yeah. anything. That's have a smart card in there. Yeah. Here are the yeah. drugs, here are the dosages. Yeah. Boom, you're ready to go. Yeah. Because they're going to be rare and we're not going to remember these meds. Right. Yeah. Take that to at least that cog to offload some of that cognitive stress so that you can just pull the drawer and get what you need. That's fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Charlene, thanks for working through the case. Yeah. I do wish you were there. Yes. This would have made this a lot easier. <laughs> Between the two of us, I think we could have come up with all of those medications. Yeah, yeah. Again, the cart is even nicer. The average heart rate on my watch is, you guys have ruined it today, but- It's going like this. You're like lateral canthotomy. Oh, 40, this is not okay.